Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Taking Care of Business. I think we are Alini one one on nine, one hundred and eight episodes um, of Taking Care of Business, and I'm today. I'm joined by. I always. I think I said that last time that you're probably the most important person in this company. Don't know about that. Well, you're right, but you get us all paid. Um, but I'm here with Jessica Stevenson, who is the head of our sales progression team, and. One of the things that we picked up on in our market report for Q3 was the migration of certain nationalities. And one of them being, obviously we always do, we've done it for years and years, and we've just been speaking then, why do we do it? About nationalities that are migrating from different countries. We obviously have the Brits who make up the, the, the lion's share of our purchases and our leases. We have French, we have um, the Russians made a, a massive impact massive, over yeah. the last couple of years. But now, for the first time, we see a lot of Italian investors that have popped over. Yeah, this is this is news. Um, any reason for that? What are your thoughts? Well, I'd, I'd love to know myself, really. Maybe yeah. there's a really good Italian restaurant that we don't know about has popped up. Well, there's a lot of good Italian uh, restaurants. Apart from the food, I think we'll, um, looking just briefly into the sort of economics of it, I think... Um, probably very much like the rest of, of Europe and not to sort of disassociate a whole um, continent, but there's a lot of people that are disenfranchised with how their economies are, their like job security, unemployment, um, opportunities, especially for younger people. Um, I think there has been a bit of um, turmoil in the, in the Italian economy of late. Um, and I suppose that translates over to people looking to, people are always wanting to look for a better opportunity. And I think... Um, with this, having seen this for the first time with Italians coming into our top five um, buyers, here they are. Yeah, and I think, obviously, do buyers, it's kind of like it's picking up the pieces, isn't it? And it's, it's got a good offering, it's, for sorry, sure. It's got a good offering, you know. It's got a massive, it has got a massive offering. And, and, and I think one thing that we tried to, or we, we, we said before we went on camera, is that we don't want to speak about the USBs of Dubai. Well, I think you've got to sometimes, yes. I think you yeah. have to with, with what is going on here. And whether it be people who are coming here for, for employment or people who are coming here to invest, the latter, I think, is because Dubai is so, let's say it's so easy to invest. It's not easy to invest, but yeah. it's not as, as rigid, I think, as, as what it is in Europe. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think um, just to throw you a, a number onto that, I think it was 2.8% um, GDP growth in the UAE earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that is... It's massive. You you normally see numbers sort of like sub one. I mean, when we, it's, when it's we looked at that yesterday, that was just that's a, that's a massive yeah, number. Definitely. And I think it's projected um as for growth um over the next five years to be like top five countries, I think, in the world. So um in terms of, of what they're planning on on growing and the plans to enhance the economy here, especially trade wise, I think as well. But um real estate wise, I think when people are looking to come over, like you say, with um People are probably used to a lot of bureaucracy in Europe. So, like when I think of buying property in um, older countries that are established for hundreds and hundreds of yeah. years, you think of um, two hundred page lease documents. It's quite easy to do it, isn't it? It's yeah, you, and like language that is yeah. so archaic that maybe you don't understand. You need solicitors. Yeah. You absolutely need solicitors yeah. and lawyers to do that for you. What Dubai have because it is a fairly new country is that opportunity to start things from scratch and go. Actually, there's a lot of technology that we can use. They've obviously have the money to invest in in making the process easy. Um, 
but I think people will be quite surprised how different it is when you when they're used to buying in in Europe or, or the UK. So going on to that, when buyers, let's say for argument's sake, I am living in the UK, oh. and I think right, I want to leave town, want to bring my family all to Dubai. Obviously, the first thing that people do is generally get a feel for the place. They rent, they see what it's like for the first three, four, five months. In yeah. some cases, people stay and rent for for a couple of years. But what we've seen, I think, over again, we always say post pandemic. I think we've seen a lot of people who have came here, probably sometimes to visit, yeah. stay for two or three months, and then think, Do you know what? Pricing is very attractive, because we always, again, we always discuss in the pod about how attractive, and I feel how undervalued the prices are in Dubai, and they want to dip the toe in. So yeah. for anyone who's coming over to Dubai, what is the much red tape? Is it, is it easy to buy, what are the next steps of what people need to do? Because obviously in your, what you do on a day-to-day basis, you see this, that just, so what yeah. would you say are the biggest hurdles for anyone coming from the UK or any anyone in Europe or the US? What are the big, biggest hurdles for them? Well, I think the, with what you mentioned, with people coming over to rent for a while, that's mm-hmm. the easiest thing. And yeah. that's probably the majority of people. If you are looking to move like with, as like a couple or with your family, most people, as you say, they will rent somewhere. Yeah. For a while, decide what area they like, get the kids in schools, all of that. And then that is incredibly straightforward because at that point you have bank accounts, you've got Emirates IDs, you're you're fully functional in the country. Where it's difficult is, and there is so much demand for overseas investment. So, but it's almost the demand is sort of caught, has, the process hasn't quite caught up with the demand. So if we look at, say for example, as you say, you were coming over from the UK, and you wanted to dive straight into an investment. So maybe you have some money that you want to invest. You've heard about Dubai. You've visited a couple of times. Yes, that's where I want to put my money. Um, the hardest thing is if you are non-resident is definitely not having a bank account yeah. to operate. Because the reason that's so important is because we don't have like the escrow system that you have in the UK. So there isn't that idea of sending your money to your solicitor and them dispersing the funds. Um, how it would work is your, you would raise your own manager's check. So you have to go into a bank, which is like a bank guarantee Although, check. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. There was, which we can touch on in, in a bit, something yeah. I, I didn't realise. There, there is a couple of law firms that do have yeah. that facility. Yeah, like but some of the really major law firms will be able to yeah. do that for you. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be charges involved in acting escrow, yeah. but that isn't the normal procedure. Yeah. So you maybe wouldn't do that if you were buying um, a, a two-bedroom apartment or a four-bedroom villa. Yeah. It wouldn't be like a, a day-in, day-out process that you would you would follow um, to actually involve involve a lawyer in in that situation. But it is, it is an option because the biggest hurdle you have is getting your money from the UK and into a bank account in Dubai. So you don't have a bank account currently as an investor. This is definitely the biggest, biggest challenge. Um, it is possible, but not easy and not guaranteed to open a non-resident yeah. account. So mm-hmm. I actually don't even know if I would, if I would try okay. to be honest with that option. Okay. I think banks are so, um, inclined not to hold non-resident accounts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of compliance issues with that. It's not really something that I would probably go into. We've, ba- we've bounced backwards and forwards with, we always, was, a, was it a non-res bank account? Yeah, it was like a savings account. It was a savings account, account, account where we didn't do. get a checkbook or you didn't but get... You could still kind of operate an account, yeah. And then it came back, if you remember. It changes very often, yeah. to be to be honest, yeah. Um, so that's the biggest challenge. And yeah. that is something that does need to be looked at overall as to how, how people can invest because there is so much demand to it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so unless you have a very good trusted friend who you'd send a couple of million dirhams to yeah. to go and get your manager's check, I think that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, we are, of course, looking always at, tr- at options because, as I say, people do want to want to move their money here. Mm. Um, and one of them that we were exploring was the idea of opening um, like a, an offshore company, like a Jafsa company or um, one of the other like free zone companies yeah. in Dubai. And then from that that company then buying the property on your behalf, you maybe being the sole shareholder of that and that company giving you a bank account. So this, I think, is something that you'd have to be a lot of forward planning. It's not something that you can just sort of go, yeah, I'm going to open this, um, you know, instantaneously online. So that is an option that we're looking at for people to try and um, open the bank account before because it's like a kind of chicken and egg situation. Like I want the property, but I need an account to, own, to get the property. What would you say? What would, what advice would you give to people? Let's say there is an opportunity to that. Yeah. I think when you open uh, a company over here, you've got to spend. Then you've got to be over here twice a year. Is it? Is it every yeah, three months? Every six you, months? I think it's six months to keep your visa open, but yeah. I think it'll depend on maybe nationality and the um, where the company's formed. But obviously, in that time frame, obviously we have a three, let's say, a two to three month cycle. Yeah. In that time frame. There will be instances where someone want to, they will see a property online or they will, they will come over and they're with the family, they go off viewing with one of the agents and they will see a property then. Yeah. Like you said before, you can't, it's something you can't really do where you go, right, I want to pull up in and I want to buy that property because I don't have a bank account. So what advice, is there any solution? What advice would you give to someone who wants to do that, who came over with no intentions of buying something, but yeah. then found something? We give them, see, we, we, we guided them down that route with opening a company, how would they overcome something like that if they wanted to sign into a contract? Yeah, I would I would definitely just start early would be my advice, even yeah. if you've got any thoughts about this. But I think that's the world over, yeah. really, isn't it? You know, there's not many places where you can where you can operate instantly. So yeah. I think just starting early, doing your research. Um, of course, we'll help in any way that we can to see what options people have. Mm. Um, but I, I think that's a fairly straightforward process. And also owning property in the company as long as it's one of the sort of Dubai offshore companies you own it directly yourself is pretty straightforward buying and selling um process so I would just start start early if you've got doing your research it's all about doing your homework it is it definitely is do you think stuff it is yeah do you think that there will be potentially something in place for let's say because this is all very wishy-washy I think isn't it do you think there's going to be the government are going to bring something in whereby there will be some sort of escrow and holding account? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it, I would imagine it's in the pipeline. Yeah. Um, there was there were some um, systems that were sort of forced yeah. during COVID because you couldn't actually operate like that. Yeah. So there, it did briefly exist. Um, so I think it's there in maybe embryonic form and maybe in the next like, I don't know, five, 10 years, we might see some, some changes there. Um, how that will work, I don't, I don't know, but I really hope so because there is definite demand for it, um, and it's security for both parties. At the moment, it's it's it is archaic, but it does work mm. in the sense that I give you my property, you give me the manager's check. Mm. Like the the, the idea is exactly, exactly yeah, yeah. and that works because it is so simplistic. But there comes a point where actually the logistics of this it isn't just expats that live here that are buying; it's people from all over the world, and that's so what, that I think will be addressed. Again, it's. Although the UK has the pros and cons of when you're, you are buying yeah. it, you don't actually have to be physically there. Exactly. Whereas here, you have to be physically here or issue a power of attorney. It's something I wanted to speak about. We were, we were speaking before again with regards to remote power of attorneys. Now, I wasn't yeah. going to bring this up because, again, it's quite 
it's a bit of a gray area. But because Dubai is a logistical nightmare at times, especially in the summer months, obviously we've just come out of uh, um, our summer months and people travel. In some yeah. cases, there'll be four people in the, tra- in the, in, in the whole uh, deal. Nine times out of ten, there'll be someone traveling, maybe four people yeah. traveling. What what will you face or what how will you advise or what will you do to, to, to overcome that where people are traveling a lot? Yeah. What will you advise to anyone, any prospective buyer who will just travel or needs to issue a power of attaining? How will that yeah. all work? Well, it can be a minefield, so I'll keep it as, as okay. simple as, as we can. Um, the best thing um, that Dubai do on power attorneys is the remote notary, for sure. And people really take this for granted here. They, they think that having documents attested overseas is a, is such a chore because this is something that is very unique to, to the UAE, that you can jump on a Zoom call with uh, the public notary and they will attest your power of attorney over a Zoom instead of in front of you. Yeah. Um, now, I know you, at the moment, and this is, this is very classic of um, sort of the hurdles you face in the industry, is that has been possible for probably the last three years pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. But recently in the last couple of weeks, the court informed the notaries not to issue the remote power of attorney if you are non-resident. So now they're the people that this appeals to most. Yeah. So if you are non-resident, you're overseas, they're the people that really want to use this service. So we think it will come back. That's our understanding. And it might be like temporary for a couple of weeks. But these are the kind of moving parts that you always have to consider. Um, but as a, if you are a resident and you already did travel and you think, actually, I'm going to extend my holiday for a little while, you can still do the um, power of attorney remotely. Um, and you can really do it any time of the day and night. I mean, we've had clients on um, when they finish work, like eating their dinner, like getting on to give, um, give a power of attorney. So that is incredibly straightforward. Um, that's the easiest thing to do. Um, yeah, leave somebody with a with a power of attorney. I think it's so important, obviously, that we will find a lot of, let's say, disputes or we'll find a lot of issues when we are progressing the sales is because because someone's not there. Yeah. Someone's traveling or they yeah. haven't told, or the agent hasn't asked or they haven't told the agent that they're traveling. It doesn't feel important. Why do you want to know where I'm going? Or I've got this trip planned on Wednesday to Monday. Yeah. Well, why do I need to tell you? It just doesn't, I don't think it feels like something that should be that um that imperative to, to know, but definitely yeah. you need to share travel plans and just one more person to tell about your arrangements. Really. Have you, obviously you're at the forefront, have you noticed, obviously there's a buzzword around the HN, what is it, high net worth individuals. Have you noticed, because you're obviously transferring or your team is transferring the properties, an influx of more to our company, mm-hmm. an influx of more of these individuals who are looking at buying plus $10 million plus Twenty million dollars, have you? Because we, yeah. obviously, still, still to this day, and we we've covered it in a few of the podcasts and H one, and still even even uh, Q three, the majority of properties that are transferring at the land department are sub three million dirhams. Yeah, I think in the first nine months of this year, there's still I think there was two hundred and seventy seven transactions that were over ten million dollars. But it seems like there's probably three times as many as that. Yeah. Do you feel that we are going to see a significant increase in this? Yeah, well, there's there's a few things. I think in the media, they can get completely overacted yeah. a little bit and you see like the same unit potentially. Yeah. Um, so it might feel like there's more of it happening, yeah. but it is true that they are, there are definitely more high net worth. Mm. Um, 
people buying here. I think as a business, as you say, we very much reflect land department in that, in yeah. that we're very, you know, that kind of average price point of the, um, is it about $600,000, something like that, um, being like a kind of average price? It works, it's just it still works out, I think, over Q3, the average sale price was 1,400 per square foot. Okay. Now, work that backwards again, let's say to the UK, it's significantly higher, sorry, significantly lower than what you would find yeah. in one of your, let's say in London or places like this. It's significantly lower. And again, going back to what we always go back to, it's, it's yeah. still a very attractive place to buy. For sure. But yeah, the over sort of $10 million market isn't something that we were hugely involved in. We are quite an end user business. Yeah. Um, does it mean that if you've got over $10 million, you're not going to use the property yourself? I think it's actually the city, Jess, with the most transactions over $10 million. Yeah, which is which is huge for mm. considering you have like London, mm. LA, you yeah. have so many places mm. in the world. Do you think going back to what we spoke about at the start, so I didn't interrupt, what we spoke about at the start with new nationalities coming to the forefront, do you think that is because they are seeing attractive prices and they are seeing... Well, that sort of prices, but and I know what we promise not to talk about how mm. good the lifestyle is in Dubai. Yeah. But I always say that it's a place where you're allowed to be successful mm. and you're allowed to be wealthy. And a lot of places that sort of like it's almost sneered at. And and you can you really cares, really cares. So go yeah. on if you want to go down Fashion yeah. Avenue, get yourself get yourself away. You know, and I think that it's it's a place where you're allowed to have beautiful big apartments yeah. and you yeah. can be more excessive. That is a small part of Dubai. There is so much normal life, people dropping off the kids, mm-hmm. picking up the shopping. That all goes on. But definitely there's a certain appeal to Dubai that you can be wealthy and and really enjoy your wealth and yeah. enjoy your success here. Um, they, without they, anyone having an issue. Exactly, without it being um, obnoxious or and having like the, there's a lot of service-based apps and businesses yeah. that have, are just amazing that we're like, brought from the UAE ideas that have really took off that probably wouldn't take off anywhere else. I want to finish on something, and obviously we haven't got a crystal ball, but I want to, because obviously you've been doing this job for, for such a long time. What would be... I know, yeah, well, you know, you get... a very long time. You are, you are getting on. <laughs> what would you implement? Let's say if you were the powers that be, what would you implement with your role or the whole sales progression or conveyance and role? What would you have in place to make it a more streamlined yeah, more appealing for investors alike overseas to invest into Dubai. Is there anything that you would do, you would take from other economies yeah. and bring over here? How long do you have? Okay, I'll keep it to probably a couple of core ones for me. Um, there's the need to get an NOC from a developer, which yep. is a no objection certificate. Uh, that's the developer giving the okay for the transfer to go from one person to Can the other. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I want to to jump in again. Do you think one unified NLC would solve every issue? Yeah, well, I th- actually think, now this is really controversial, you probably don't need an NLC. Okay. So as long as the service charges are cleared mm-hmm. in the Molex system, which mm-hmm. is like a unified system for land department, um, I think there's probably to an extent a need to maybe inspect the property or see that they've got like, that it is compliant in terms of regulations if you've done any extensions. The developer you mean? Safe. Yeah. Okay. Um, but otherwise, I don't think you need a, an NOC. I would probably take that process out. Okay. Um, and the other one is when you settle a mortgage liability, um, you have to wait for the bank to issue clearance documents, which used to be the original title deed and three original letters. Now, 
the original title deeds, they went three years ago. So it's blockchain, their QR code. There's not many original title deeds around yeah. anymore. Only the IFC, I think it is. You have the IFC, yeah. um, they, you'll have to bring the original back. But they have issued also the digital ones as well for new sales. Yeah. So um, if the system with the bank links to the land department system and says, now this is not a mortgage property, there's no encumbrance on this, mm. that could happen blockchain-wise and digitally. I don't think there's a need to wait sort of 10, 15 working days for a bank to produce a letter. Yeah. I'd probably go with with those two. And both of them are probably related to the same thing, like yeah. digitalization. Um, I'd say those two things would make things smoother. And the obvious one that we were talking about, some way of an, an escrow um, account. That's the big one, isn't it? Because there's so many changes all the time. Yeah. Um, things happen quickly here. Decisions are made fast. That's what I like. And I think if you remember to finish on when we were coming out of, of COVID, we had... Said we call a pipeline. We had so many deals that were looking yeah. to transfer, and we actually spoke to the land department. If you remember, we spoke to the yeah. land department and we spoke to the trustee officers about some type of remote service. They listened to us, if you remember, and, they and did. yeah, we were doing. I think we were doing remote power of attorneys, and we actually done remote transfers as well. Yeah, and uh, some of these things stayed around, like yeah. the remote POA, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think there's definitely still still changes that that could come. Um, yeah, for sure, and we'll always attract new people into the market. Good. Jess, thanks very much. That's really fine. appreciate it. Nice talking to you again. Nice talk. I told you probably I'll see more, you in 10 minutes. more than anyone in the company. <laughs> thanks very much for joining in, guys. If you liked what you saw today, please like and subscribe at the bottom, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you.